1: to the don't break the oath podcast right today we've got an interview coming up with gary wayne the author of the genesis 6 conspiracy that is about giants and secret societies and all that so we really get into that it goes quite deep you know he knows his shit i mean the book's like 800 pages long so it's definitely worth checking out if you get a chance please subscribe leave itunes reviews if you can and without further ado i give you gary wayne So the first question I asked him was just to, you know, give us an outline of this Genesis 6 passage, which refers to the Nephilim.
0: Yeah, there were the main passage that you're referring to is Genesis 6, 1 through 6, 4. And there it talks about the sons of God or the Ben Ha Elohim, as it goes back to Hebrew as, where they go to the daughters of humans and they produce giants as it's recorded in the King James Bible. And giants goes back to the Hebrew word, uh, basically nephil, which you get nephilim from, which is what generally most people know these giants as. So, and the I am on the Hebrew aspect is just means sort of once. So, uh, so we know that, we know that in Genesis 6-4 that these giants were created and a lot of people might think that, well, that's just an exaggeration except that you know, the, I think the Bible, in my own opinion, is very, very, uh, descript and accurate in the words that it uses. So, if it was just humans going to humans to produce these Nephilim, they certainly wouldn't be giant people. So unless you think that that is greatly exaggerated, then, um, we have a real mystery beginning with these giants that are created in, in genesis 6 4 and in the preamble to the flood story which is just as interesting
1: again with the bible if it says something it says it for a reason if it's you know it's mentioning giants Ooh, it's yeah. because of the giants is like you say if it was men um you know humans humans and it would say that
0: well in in numbers and in numbers 13 uh 33 it talks about the anakim And uh, the Israelites are talking about these giants after the flood, and they appear as grasshoppers to them or insects in comparative size. And, of course, these giants, again, go back to that word Nephilim. And uh, so those are only two two verses where you see Nephilim actually being used and being translated Mm. out of Hebrew. The other references go... That say giants go back to Rephaim, which are descendants of the Nephilim, just mm-hmm. as the Anakim are. So it all connects back to these supersized human beings.
1: I wanted to ask you about passages regarding giants. Obviously, there isn't that many, and I, I think um, that's you know stands out like a sore fun to me. I just wondered if you, if you won if you go along the same thinking as me, because obviously we know parts of the Bible were were taken out, you know, different. <sighs> People, yeah. you know, reinterpreted it, how they liked, and obviously the part about reincarnation, for instance, that was
2: took out, wasn't it? Was so. taken
1: out. Um, so, do you think that <laughs> some of these references to, because obviously we get contradictions in the Bible, and I'm wondering if that's due to these uh, certain passages being taken out uh, or re, you know, retranslated to make sense, yeah. you know, without putting the giants in. So, do you think there could be, you know, from your, you know, looking at the Bible, do you think there is any, you know, places where it looks like the giants have been? uh you know re- redacted if you like you know from the bible
0: well i think so yeah. uh or diminished and particularly as you get into english translations right is, yeah yeah so and and particularly like with the word raphaim that i referred to earlier is is it's just sort of recorded as the giant it's like it's trying to dismiss the aspect that these were specifically known races of Beings That lived both before and after the flood. Mm. So um, I don't believe that the Bible actually contradicts itself. No, nope. I think if you know, I think if you actually dig deep enough into the Bible, it sort of answers itself. Mm. So I've not been able to sort of have any contradictions that I've not been able to to resolve. And one of the aspects about and you were talking about reincarnation is is that this reincarnation aspect sort of goes along with the secret societies and the polytheist belief system mm. but is deeply associated with the Nephilim. Yeah. That's and that's because the immortal spirits of the Nephilim yeah. did not die. The bodies died. Yeah. But when uh when they either committed suicide or they had their head chopped off or or whatever their spirits did not go to sleep so they weren't permitted to go to heaven and they weren't uh, permitted to go to sleep so they're the ones those these are the demons or the spirit beings that are roaming the earth right now and mm. they're always looking for another body to possess because they don't have a body anymore
2: so, to that and to that's me.
0: yeah but, yes so, that sounds so to, to me quite
2: negative that to yeah
0: yeah, so to me, that's the root of the reincarnation. And if you yeah, go into Taoism, you, you have the vagabond uh, ghost spirits that would come back from uh, the dead, from the ancient rulers, right? Because, again, they're upset that they don't have a body, and they're doing all of these rituals and things to pacify them. And the same thing crops up, and it's really interesting because, you know, the most numerous accounts of the giants comes out of Greek mythology or the Titans, yeah. yeah, and they were called, and they were called heroes, uh, in, in Titan mythology. And heroes, if you take that back to the ancient meaning, as opposed to sort of the superheroes of today, which is I think a reflection of these ancient beings, uh, actually means the offspring of the gods and a human female, just as it's recorded in Genesis 6, mm. and that they were called demigods. And mm. so they're not a full-fledged god. And in Greek, mythology and records. They have what they call hero worship. And I don't know whether you're familiar with that or not, but again it's the same thing that was going on in Taoism where these rulers would die and their spirits would be very, very angry and would come back to haunt the people that they used to rule over and they used to create worship and do sacrifices and to try and pacify these demon spirits.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so this this leads into, you know, what we call, you know, Magic and, and stuff like that nowadays, um, which is you know kept under wraps. Yeah, well, will be. But um, so as you know, as descriptions for these uh, giants, then do we do we get any? Do we get like a description of them, or do we get you know variations of the different races of giants? So you know, because it looks like we're talking about more than one. Do we get any distinct? differences cropping up
0: uh, well for the most part we get a common um description of nephilim and i'll give another description that is a little bit lesser known because there may and this is a little bit of speculation but there may have been two different sort of kinds there are different branches of the nephilim or the giants as we understand it but typically they all have this sort of serpentine sort of look to them yeah and, totally, yeah. and so, and this is, of course, where the imagery of the serpents and the dragons come from in the kingships, right? Because yeah. they usurped the kingships, and they were believed to have the face of a serpent. And the reason why they had the face of a serpent was because their fathers were seraphim angels. And uh, seraphim angels were, if you take that back to its meaning, were fiery serpents. Yeah. And so that's why... uh you see Satan described in Revelation 12 as being both a serpent and a dragon with the wings, of course, representing the dragon part, the flying serpent. And serpents and dragons were the same thing, uh, as well as crocodiles were known as the same type of being in antiquity. Okay. And so the, they had these long necks and they had these serpentine features. They had long protruding sort of chin on that face. They had sort of high... Uh, Almost alien-like eyes going mm-hmm. back, high cheekbones, um, similar to if you look at the Akhenaten uh, yeah. statue a- in in the yeah. King Tut uh, museums. You get a similar look, and that's circa twelve to thirteen hundred BC, fourteen hundred BC, depending which chronology you're looking at. Mm. And that's like two thousand years after the first Nephilim appear. So it's still he still has a serpentine look, mm. and they were very very monstrous uh that's why they're called giants and they weren't just tall they were incredibly muscular uh humans have a average height to width uh, ratio of three to one the giants had a two to one so they're 50 percent broader and significantly bigger right so depending on which source you're looking at i mean the original giants may have been 20 to 40 feet tall and certainly uh, with Goliath, we use a common cubit. He was 9 foot 9 inches, and if you use a royal cubit, which is 21 inches as opposed to 18, and, of course, Goliath would have been a king, so yeah. you could make an argument he's about 11 feet. And similarly, if you transpose that onto Og's bed and then extrapolate a little bit shorter length for his size, he would have been somewhere between 12 to 14 feet.
2: Mm. Big so, boy, yeah, big guy. So, yeah. uh, and
1: that, was that just the um, you know? Was, was it the noble uh, blood? Like I'm going to say the word bloodline here, but was it the nobles that were particularly that big, and the, and the rest were slightly smaller? or Are we talking about all of them being the same size?
0: Well, typically, and if you if you take the name king coming out of Sumerian, it's it comes out of the word luga for big man or for king. So okay, yes, that, and mm. yeah, and so the nobles typically are the relatives of the dynasties, right, or the mm. royal royalty? So you have the same type of bloodlines, just maybe a little bit further diluted perhaps along the noble class. So I think the whole noble class would have been larger than the average human and would have been carrying the bloodlines of these Nephilim. Okay, mm. that makes sense. So
1: before... Before the flood, then, um, and obviously um, this—you know, uh, this—I don't know what the word really is. This mating between the humans and the giants happened before the flood. So, do we get a sense of where
0: these Nephilim were living pre-flood? Do we get a sense of where they lived before the flood? Yeah. Well. I mean, we're we talking many, global here. Or are we talking, you know... I think so. Yeah. I think the Bible gives us uh, one civilization and okay. one mm. snapshot of what was going on as it, as it sort of is associated to the descendants of Seth as yeah. opposed to the descendants of Cain and wherever they went mm. and as opposed to perhaps other civilizations. And so uh, we're getting one snapshot, whereas coming out of prehistory from all other religions and all other cultures and their histories and their mythologies and legends they're telling identical stories as to what's going on in Genesis but from a polytheist perspective as opposed to a monotheist perspective and so depending on again which source outside the Bible you want to use you get a sense of either four civilizations to as many as nine Mm. and yeah, so uh, the Asgard would be one that would come out of the north, right, from okay. uh, north mythology as one of those. And Atlantis, or the Greek, uh, in, uh, as it comes out of Greek mythology, would be yeah. another one. You get Sumeria as as another one, ancient okay. Greece as another one, Mu is another one, perhaps Lumeria, yep. Yep. but some people think that's the parent civilization. So,
2: okay.
0: And then if you get in the Game of Thrones, they actually have nine, but the general... Consistent number is seven, based on the seven deities that are consistent in most of the religions around the world in polytheism, or the seven angels of Enoch that are, you know, creating Nephilim and and leading the world astray. So, and And just as you uh, have seven mountains, so I think seven's probably the number. But I think seven, yeah, there's seven, yeah, seven levels. seven, seven
1: realms, Yeah, seven, seven crops up yeah. in numerology yeah. c- very often, doesn't seven, it? Seven, seven, so, uh, 49, Do we um, 49 slips? do we know why they wanted to? Uh, I'm presuming that you know before this uh, mating happened. <laughs> that's well, probably. kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you know, can't I can't, I can't call it anything good <laughs> than that kind of. But, yeah. but this before this mating, <laughs> before this mating happened, um. um do we do we know you know honestly we must have been coexisting at that point so do we know why they chose that particular time to you know what i'm getting at is did they know the flood was coming and 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 you know was they trying to spread their genetics for excellent well, i don't know no, what
0: reason it would seem that the that the giants were created before the notion of a flood was coming and it's, and it's this intersection in about the sixth generation, as it's told in the Bible, in the, uh, generation of Jared, where these Nephilim are born. And of course, Noah is born in around that same time. So these are the days of Noah that, that, that are being talked about from a biblical perspective. And if you look into, let's say, the Greek mythologies, which are, you know, that give the most detail, as well as the Sumerian ones, they basically talk about these giants being created and being the demigods and the representatives of the gods mm. on the earth to rule over the mundane humans. Mm. And they are judicious rulers in the beginning, but the human traits tend to corrupt them, as, as it's uh, talked about in these various legends, and they become evil despots. And then they turn to war and all sorts of debauchery and just make the whole world corrupt not just from the violence but through the technology of the of the sciences and the knowledge that they're developing uh is going to corrupt the whole world and this is what is going to bring about the flood that and the rebellion that the giants have against God in the Bible and or the gods outside of the Bible sources and there's yeah. a rebellion and so uh no the the flood is not known at that time but during the time of the of the giants and particularly in the Enoch Book of Giants as it comes out of the Qumran documents, you have uh, a couple of giants being mentioned there, Gilgamesh being one of them and, yeah. and a couple other ones that are being that have dreams about the flood that's going to come and they go to Enoch. And it's not clear which Enoch. I think it's Enoch, son of Cain, that they're going to as opposed to Enoch, son of, of Jared. But um, And saying, is there anything we can do to prevent the flood? And he's, they're basically told, no, it's going to come. So they start to prepare for the flood at that point in time. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely connected to the flood. But in the beginning, they don't know that the judgment is going to come. Um, and again, there's a few different reasons that are provided in, in polytheism, but at the end of the day, the God or the gods are going to bring about a flood to wipe out the evil that these giants brought upon the earth.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, from my way of thinking, the way that this makes sense is that we're talking about one race of giants that's mated with humans and then another race of giants that didn't like that, um you know, for whatever reason, that they, you know, they they didn't like that watering down of that particular bloodline and that they, you know, somehow induced this flood to get rid of these, you know, pesky uh,
0: neighbors, you know what I mean? Does 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 that make sense? Well, again, depending on your perspective. So I come at it from a Christian perspective as to what the creators were. So I look at these... Uh, beings that created uh, the Nephilim as being fallen angels. Uh, and in other religions, they're gods, and then in the ancient alien mythology or mythos, they're, they're aliens. So, mm-hmm. it all depends on how high you want to place these, these beings. But in the Bible, uh, Ben-Ha-Elohim is the sons of God, and if you go to Job 1, 6 and 2, 1 and 34, 4 to 7, we'll actually define them as being angels. Mm-hmm. And okay, so again, I'm not going to get caught up on uh what perspective somebody's going to have, but these are powerful beings, right? They're yeah, yeah. godlike beings or angels and fallen angels in in the belief system where, where where I come from. And these are the rebellious angels that rebelled against God. Okay. Ooh.
2: Right.
1: Uh, obviously, um you know, this word God, I mean, you got to get your head around. Yeah, yeah. It sounds you know, like when when the humans are talking about God, they're actually yeah. referring
2: to these. Uh, I mean, I got one, uh, uh, Gary, where it's in the Bible. It says the story of Cain and Abel. Um mm-hmm. and When and when Cain kills Abel, well, obviously through jealousy, whether God was going to banish him from the Garden of Eden. Now, what what kind of made me stand up with this because he says, uh, "Don't let me out. Don't don't send me out there." You know because they'll get me now who's yeah. they who's out there who, you know i mean there's sure God, uh, adam and eve Cain and abel that's it so who's yep. out there of living in your thoughts yeah. and uh, who does it and,
0: and who does he marry mm. Be, because again in, in the genesis chronology just to underscore your point before i answer the question yeah, of course, yeah. is is that uh, seth is born 130 years when adam is 130 years old so Cain uh, is murdered somewhere between let's say 20 and 50 or something just to make an assumption because okay. they're adults and they're working in the fields and stuff right yep. and so then Cain is ostracized uh, but only after uh, Seth is born is our other daughters and uh, sons born according to to Genesis so uh, Cain goes to Nod, wherever Nod is, and it seems to be a place, yeah. and he seems to marry instantly, and, and produces a son right away named, uh, Enoch, and builds a city, and a city for who? So, mm. I'm just sort of laying the groundwork here Ooh. to say there's yeah. so many different questions as to what's mm. going on if there was only the three of them at that point in time, and then at another, some point down the road, you know, a few decades later, or whenever Seth is born. Right. So who does he marry? Uh, again, uh, I, I mentioned that I don't believe the Bible contradicts itself. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I need to figure out what's going on in the Bible to, to satisfy mm-hmm. myself on this. It's just sort of the way I'm built. So if I look at what's going on in uh, the creation of humans in day six and then the account of Adam in Eden in Genesis two, uh, the Genesis 1 version on day 6, the story is absolutely irreconcilable mm. with the Eden account. You know, and a quick example, and if anybody who's listening to this wants me to send a, a more detailed, because this is a show in itself, um, <laughs> <laughs> attachment or an email about all the differences between the day 6 creation and the Eden account, I will send that to you. Just uh, get a hold of me and uh, I will email that to you. And so the first big difference is is they're created male and female in day six. Okay. In plural. And in multiple. And they're told to scatter around the earth and to subdue it. Well, in the Eden account, Adam is created singular. And he's later placed into the Garden of Eden. And then sometime later, from the rib, Eve is created. Mm. right and they don 't get told to to multiply and spread out around the earth until they 're banned mm. from the Garden of Eden, so right out of the gate we we have significant differences plus there 's a complete different order of creation in um, in Genesis one to Genesis two uh, and the people in Genesis one are told to basically subdue their earth they 're like nomads and hunters and gatherers mm. but Adam is placed in the garden to tend the the plants of the field, which is like crops and things like that, and the and the shrubs uh, that are in the garden, which is are like orchards or fruit trees. Like he's an agrarian; he's not a hunter and a gatherer; he's not a nomad. Mm. And so, again, you have another differences, and there are so many differences that are going on. It's two different stories. Otherwise, the Bible is in contradiction.
2: Yeah. So, okay. and
0: so. I think there was a people of day six created and then Adam is created um, sometime later. and We don't know how far after day seven he's created mm. or after day six he's created. And uh, he is created for a special commission and he has the breath of life breathed into him for this commission. Whereas the people in day six, there's nothing spoken of that about it at all and this is sort of a reconciliation of the rebellion of the angels that's going on which is why i call uh, the fallen eden satan's first revenge and satan's second revenge is, is the creation of these giants in in genesis 6 to enslave humankind because they what they're really upset about is is a the rebellion has failed but humans are going to now be created to be raised above angels in the future time okay
1: I mean, this uh, you know, this notion of uh, slavery, uh, you know, comes back again later on with the um, secret societies, I guess. You know, in, in, a, in a you know, it's sort of circle your way, if you like. But um, you, I mean, th- when you're talking about them days, there, you know, um, you know, the seven days of creation, or you know, this particular part in, e- in the Garden of Eden. I mean, to me, it sounds more like we're talking about seven generations rather than seven days.
0: Well, we don't know how long a, a day is. Uh, some yeah. people speculate it's a thousand years out of the Bible, but we're not really told. Or, could, it, could, it, it, po- could, it could
1: it possibly be set generations? Because I think that would
0: make a lot be. of sense what you're saying,
1: wouldn't it?
0: Mm. Uh, well, you, you, you could look at it from, from that perspective, because um, when when you get into the Genesis 2, um, you know, it's talking about the generations, right? Yeah. And uh, although the generations and the genealogies come sort of right after that, starting in about Genesis 3 and Genesis 4, but um, you could look at it that way. Mm. Um, but the other thing is, is, is we don't know how much space there is between, you know, the creation of day six and the creation of Adam. And secondly, we don't know that uh, the the universe and the world wasn't recreated before day
1: one. Yeah, that's fair enough. Right?
0: So- I was going to. uh, There's a particular passage,
1: and again, you know, I'm not well versed in the Bible or anything. I mean, you probably know it straight away. That talks about um, uh, it talks about uh, when they took wives for themselves uh, that they chose, and it says the Lord said, "My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever, for they are flesh. Their days shall be one hundred and twenty years." So you know this particular passage from from this passage I, I i you know obviously i get the sense that humans were living obviously he says 120 years th- at that time um but the nephilim were obviously living forever and i've already alluded to that so does that, that makes me wonder if the uh, nephilim were actually what we call like flesh and blood or whether they were some sort of it was more Yeah, than a yeah one, like. maybe it was some sort of, yeah. they had, was, you know, some sort of yeah. dimensional aspect to them. I
2: think they was kind of um, going from one realm to this realm, you, you know, mean, I think they was Would you, I mean, does
0: your I research think... sort of bear that out? Or? Yeah, mm. well, I would, yeah, I would make some distinctions on that. The first thing, though, is, is that I would necessarily apply, although the end result is going to be the same as it applies to humans, that that verse that you're referring to is, is designed to limit the age of the Adamites, whereas, you know, you've got Noah mm. living to be 950 years, years for yeah. example, mm-hmm. right? And, and, but the generations get, the lifespans get shorter and shorter and shorter yeah. as, after this Absolutely. verse, where they come down right. to about 120 years. So you're talking about basically Genesis, 6:3, uh, 6-3, which is in the creation of the giants account. Right. So what happens with these giants is because they receive the immortal spirit from the from the gods or the fallen angels, um, that this is a violation against creation. And it's creating these demigods. And God is moving against this illegal, immortal spirit being in flesh to be gods on Earth. And that's why they were known as demigods, because they were godlike, not Mm. only a giant, but they had this immortal Uh, spirit. uh, And as I and as I. Yep. And as I mentioned earlier in the show is that, uh, after this, even though their immortal spirits weren't going to die, their physical bodies were going to die. Yeah. And that's where these demons come from and they don't yeah. go to sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what this is referring to is, is that, uh, the, the counterfeit spirit, as it's called in the book of Enoch, is not going to be permitted to be uh, permanently in a body on Earth. And that's why they like to possess bodies, right? Yep. Um, so, and this also has an effect on the humans because those lives will now go down to 120 years as well. Now, this interdimensional aspect goes back to uh, the creators of the giants who are interdimensional travelers, as what you mentioned. So, yeah. again, depending on which perspective you're going to come from, mine is is from a Christian one. So these are the fallen angels coming from a heavenly realm as a spirit form where they can take on any shape that they want in this realm and in a physical body and in any gender that they want so that they could actually physically copulate with these humans to create these giants and if you go back yeah, so if you go back to Jude one six, it says that these, these are the ones who left their original habitat in heaven and mm. their original positions, right? Yep. And that word habitat is the Greek word oikaterion, which means a dwelling place for the spirit. Yep. And if you go back, and I won't get too biblical here, but if you go back uh-huh. to 2 Corinthians 5, is the only other place oikaterion is being used, and it's talking about taking on the clothing of heaven and taking off the clothing of heaven. Right, mm. so, and so they're going to put on a physical clothing in yeah. the physical realm, of, and they can do that of their choice.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, it, see, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because we, you know, when you're talking about nod before, and where is this nod? And obviously, mm. we have a phrase, don't we, when we're you know putting children to sleep? We said, oh, all right, off to the land of nod." Yeah, and it almost yeah. Yeah. you're talking about this ethereal, this heaven, this astral uh, realm. yeah, astral realm, if astral like. realm. And that makes me Ooh. wonder if, if we are talking about these being able to, you know, slip between worlds almost.
2: Well, I think it'll be, for, um, these, uh, for these beings, I think it'll be uh, quite easy, really.
1: Well, it does seem that way. Yeah. And, and obviously, I wonder if humans have still got... Do you wonder if humans have still got this ability within our genetics then?
0: I don't think within our, within our genetics. I think there are portals. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's certainly portals are very, very common in fairy mythology, within alien mythology, and, and, yeah, pretty much any uh, other sort of religious aspect. Just as you've got uh, a physical realm here and you've got heavenly realms that are recorded in uh, in the Bible, and that these beings are able to move back and forth, so somehow yeah. they can do this, right? Yeah. And we also have this abyss that the these impassioned fallen angels were locked into for yeah. for their crimes, which is seemingly either in the earth or in another dimension. It's hard to know. Yeah. Um, well, that'd be
2: the low astral, suppose, low yeah. astral realms, the, the low ones, you know. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I think there are different dimensions i think science is proving that out mm-hmm. uh and it's just a matter of how how are those locations Ooh. accessed yep. right okay so obviously we're moving forward
1: here now to post-flood and um, we get the um i presume you're aware of this the uh, sumerian king list uh which talks of it actually shows that, you know, that verse in the Bible where it actually tells you that we're going to go down to 120 years uh, lifespan from 900, mm-hmm. obviously Noah lived Ooh. to 900. Yeah. Then that Sumerian Kings list actually bears that out, doesn't it? It shows you that. It shows you, you know, people living for, you know, thousand years and then right down to, you know, only 36 years at the end. So, um I mean that's recorded almost, so it's not just the Bible that's recording this. It's it, there is other texts out there at, saying, as well. saying the same thing yeah. at the same time. And then we've all then we've got the flood um, or the deluge, um, you know, coming out in all different cultures at the same time. So obviously, clearly, this was going on, and everybody knew about it. Um, so what do we know about the giants or the Nephilim after the flood? Then, um, I, do, I mean, do do you know who caused the flood? I mean. What was your, What's your understanding of that?
0: Well, again, depending on which perspective you want to come from. So in, in the Bible, it's uh, definitely caused by God, and he probably sends some of his other angels to do it, because yeah. the angels do his beckoning, right? So in polytheism, it is a specific fallen angel or a specific god. Yeah. So in the Sumerian it, the tradition, it would be on Leo, who uh, polytheists kind of equate with... Uh, with the God of the Bible or Don and some other names that they'll use for, for the God of the Bible. And, and whereas Anki is the good God and on on Leal and Sumerian mythology is, 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 the evil God who brings on the flood. Yeah. So it's definitely one God. And because, uh, again, I'm a Christian. I believe it's the God of the Bible that brings on the flood to give humankind a second chance. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and it is recorded in most other accounts as a uh, conflagration of uh, cataclysms not just the flood so there's earths and there's earthquakes and there's hurricanes and there's meteorites hitting the oceans that sort of ignite the uh, the flood and again that you see that recorded in the book of enoch you see that in the atlantean tradition you see it the yep. sumerian tradition you see it all the way around the world Absolutely, and you yeah. even get references to a larger flood event in the bible In, in different passages as you sort of relate that back to that could probably only be, uh, you know, a flood event. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely the God of the Bible who, uh, who caused it. So then it becomes now your, Sort of belief system as to uh, it was, is the God of the Bible a good God or an evil God? And mm. I believe He's a good God, and it was all done to to save humankind and give us a second chance. Whereas in polytheism, it's believed that uh, it's caused by this evil God because He wanted to prevent the humans and the demigods that were leading them of becoming too. Too powerful, mm. um, and yeah. and so again, different views on it. But at the end of the day, on all continents in all religions around the world, you have this flood to wipe out humankind and the giants. Mm.
2: And yeah, they, but they, it also, it um, it's known also in the Bible and other uh, religions about uh, nuclear wars as well. You know, these uh, uh, these nuclear devices. You know, these. Which in my in my thought would possibly create a flood, a flood. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's talk of the Indradar and uh, all the Brahma yes. weapons, and all these, I yeah. mean, not just the Bible, but uh, other religions as well. So, I yes. mean, you get that kind of technology, them kind of weapons, I mean, that could cause a huge flood. Mm. You know, a, well, a, a tsunami. Do right? we get the sense
0: yeah.
1: that these beings were that advanced?
2: You
0: know? Yes, yes, yeah, do. you do. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, yeah uh, and what is to be very much uh, ignored and dismissed uh, for whatever reasons is that uh, I believe that the technology and the knowledge was developed to such a great level that they could have destroyed the world. They had all of these great weapons and they're also interacting with these powerful gods who have also have these powerful weapons. So you've got this whole mix. And so what the, the secret societies bring to the table on this is, is that, Adam is taught the seven sacred sciences in Eden. And then after Eden, uh, he teaches it to Cain and Abel. Of course, uh, Abel is murdered by Cain. And then he later teaches it to Seth also. So you have Cain developing the seven sacred sciences, but in a way that is uh, not going to honor the God of the universe, is not, is going to lead people away from God, and is going to uh, honor the, the, uh, the pantheon of gods that he is now worshiping because he rebels and he never repents. Mm-hmm. And he teaches this, this knowledge to Enoch. And this is all recorded in, in Freemasonry legends. And Enoch is one of the great patriarchs, Enoch son of Cain. And he really develops this knowledge. And then by the time of the sixth generation, the descendants of Cain and, uh, The seven sacred sciences that are being developed that Enoch develops into mysticism and secret societies to develop this technology partners with the fallen angels and the Nephilim to usurp the world. And the fallen angels also provide additional illegal information to humans that I think just develops the the knowledge to a level that is beyond what we have today. Uh, even though we may be closing in on it. And the reason why I say that is is that um, Jesus gave as one of his warning signs for the end time and for his second coming is that it would be like the days of Noah. So if we have the technology that we have today mm. and the knowledge and we're not in the end time yet, then mm. that means we haven't reached the same level of technology that they had before the flood. And in the days of
1: Noah people were living to uh well, I always thought that Jesus just, uh, old so is he talking set, about is
0: he talking about that, you yeah. know,
1: you know, when we get this technology to increase our lifespan almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well and I think that's part of it is to, to to develop that. And just as when the giants lost their ability to be gods in the physical world forever Mm-hmm. Uh, they started to drink blood and eat humans, and they believed that drinking blood was going to extend their life. And this was one of those abominable sins that uh, they were known to have. And again, it was restarted after the flood, and it's Nimrod at Babel who is redeveloping and enacting this mystical religion and the seven sciences that Hermes Brings to him after discovering the two pillars of Lamech or Enoch, depending on which Freemasonry legend you're going to refer to on this one, mm-hmm. where all of that was preserved because of the flood that was coming. He reenacts the uh, blood drinking ritual to try and, and uh, uh, enable his cognitive abilities and to, and to also lengthen his life. And he's also known, Nimrod is, as the first grand master of Freemasonry after the flood and writes the first constitution for the for the masons after the flood mm-hmm. so
1: that's kind of where it all starts and this secrecy yeah. um, for the um I, don't know what I was going to say now i was going to, say, was going to mention some of that. oh yeah for after, you know, so obviously we get this flood and obviously it did a good job of wiping out the giants um to some extent but I'm presuming that they In pockets, they must have lived on after the flood. Um, Do we know where where they managed to take refuge, as it were,
0: Uh, to survive the flood, or where they lived after the flood? I
1: mean, like, so do we get you know references to giants
0: after the flood in places? We do. Yeah, we do. We get we get them uh, pretty much everywhere as sort of. Uh, rising up with the human society as well. And again, usurping the kingships after the flood. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the Bible, we get them cropping up known as the Anakim, the Raphaim, the, uh, Samzuzim, the Amin, the Azim, and Horim, and on and on and on and on, and intermarrying mm. with humans, okay. uh, to create, uh, you know, some more hybrids, so sort of a second level of hybridization of these giants. And they're, you know, they're part of the Chinese, uh, uh, mythology in, in development after the flood. They're Pretty much in all cultures after the flood, so we know that they're there after Ooh. the flood. What we don't know is is how they're there after the flood.
2: So, really the flood didn't work then? <laughs> the well, yeah. So, either. I
0: mean, yeah, it, because yeah, it, it you
2: know, to get rid of the giants. Think. So mm-hmm. I think
0: the
1: flood was targeted at a. You know, they still existed after uh, a flood. Set of giants by the looks yeah, of it. Yeah, well, or yeah. you know, a particular area. Well, not the flood itself, but the flood was a you know that came as a, a byproduct of whatever there was trying to do to get rid of
0: a particular place by the looks of it. Well, it was a was an earthwide flood in all all accounts around the world. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do know is, is from Genesis uh, six again, uh, where there, you get the original creation of it, is is that um, says, you know, it says there were giants on the earth in those days, and also after that, when the mm-hmm. sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, and so that could mean that angels again recreated this this, this race after the flood. Um Makes because, it, right? Which is my preferred belief, but my second Ooh. alternative wa- a belief is that somehow the angels warn the giants and help them survive the flood. Oh, okay. uh, and again, in the Bible it says that God uh, destroys everything that He created. Well, it's the angels, the fallen angels that created Nephilim, not God. So uh, the angels, uh, in this sort of concept, it comes up in a whole variety of different ways of either sort of in the earth, as some people might go down the road on that they were somehow hidden in, in, in underground cities. Some mm-hmm. people believe off the earth as, you know, Amakaseth was taken into a cloud in, in some of the Gnostic gospels yeah. to be saved and he's a type of Nephilim and, or maybe just, they just, you know, took them up into their ships or something, right? Yeah. But the other way mm. is, is on another ark, which is a very good possibility because we have all of these ark stories around the world. Mm. And what's really interesting about that is, is let's say you take the Sumerian epic of Gilgamesh, for example. So Gilgamesh is two thirds God and one-third human, and Enkidu, who he partners with, is created after the flood as well, and he's two-thirds god and one-third human. But he also is going to tell a story about the flood myth, right, with Utnapishtim or Zayazudra, depending on which translation you're going to use. Well, Utnapishtim is also two-thirds god and one-third human, and he is the king of Uruk at the time of the flood, and he's going to take his immediate family and going to be put on an ark by fallen angels who build the ark, as opposed to Noah building the ark, mm-hmm. um, uh, That's for the flood that's coming seven days later to be saved. And so this is not a story of Noah, as so many people like to think. On the macro level, Ooh. it's telling the same story about the same set of events. But the details say that these aren't humans. These are Anunnaki or Nephilim. Yeah. Right, so this is a this is a giant flood survival story on another ark. And if you get into, as one more quick example, if you get into the Greek mythology where you have Deucalion and Pyrrha being saved on uh, on an ark, Deucalion is the son of Prometheus. Okay, and Prometheus is both a, a Titan god and a Titan demigod, and either way, that makes Deucalion a nephilim. Yeah. so again you have another Nephilim survival story on an arc mm. so although I lean to um, giants being recreated after the flood I also leave open the possibility that fallen angels could have saved them
1: mm. yeah well, that's interesting so um so, you know so we get to this uh, aspect of this bloodline that seems to run through a lot of this, and we get, you know, tales of, um, and I, I presume that Nabokadnezzar was uh, somehow related to these Nephilim, uh, and then we, am I right in saying that, do we know that, I mean?
0: Well, you don't get that written about him as a word that goes back to Nephilim, he's not described as Grim, as or he's not described as, as Nephilim. Right. But, if you remember what I, what I mentioned earlier is, is they usurped the kingships. Yeah. And, right, so, and they established the dynasties, whether or not it's the, you know, the Hittite dynasty, or the Egyptian dynasty, or the Mitanni dynasty, these are all Aryans, Nephilim, Anunnaki, whatever you want to call them, because they're known by so many different names around the mm-hmm. world. Um, they're the kingships. So, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, comes down through these bloodlines.
1: Yeah. Cause, um, obviously the stories that Saddam Hussein thought he was the reincarnation of him. And, and I was wondering if this, you know, this, is is it a bloodline or is it more energy? Uh, you know, this, 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 what we call, you know, what we might call a soul almost. Is that sort of, you know, being transferred along the line or is it, is it just, is it just genetics or
0: there's a possibility of, always a possibility of demons possessing individuals, but there's mm. also the uh, the reality of these bloodlines continuing down through the ages that all of the kings of the world today and the monarchs take their bloodlines back to, and they keep mm. these genealogies. And the other thing to keep in mind is, biblically, when you get down to the Ten Nation Empire in, in the end time, uh, you've got these descendants of the metallic empires as it's described in in Daniel 2, mixing with the offspring of humans to form these ten kings. So there's a possibly five of each, five human, five Nephilim descendants that are going to form the end time world empire. So Mm. I think these genealogies have been kept by the Royal families and, and very, very ennobled families that may not be sitting on a throne today that operate in behind the scenes to, to um, prove their pedigree for the end time.
1: Okay. So when, yeah, so that makes sense, I guess. Um, So, I mean, I mean, we touched on it earlier with, uh, Akhenaten and, and, uh, you know, Nefertiti and police, people like this, but this sense of this, um, elongated skulls cropping up, yeah. you know, throughout these, uh, dynasties and that. So, and obviously we get reports like Genghis Khan and people like that, but you know, I don't think he was born, I think he was more cradled to make himself look that way, but he, you know, again, he had an elongated skull. So what yeah. is the, um, well, I suppose what I'm getting at is because a lot of giants that are dug up today, and if you believe the stories about giants that are dug up today, which you know I tend to well, believe, which I try to believe, yeah, yeah, most I'll of forget. them, yeah, definitely, a few of them, anyway. So a lot of them come back as being elongated skulls, allegedly.
0: So where do we, um, where does that fit yes. into it in your thinking? Okay. So that, that also fits into that description, and I was probably a little bit remiss not to include the elongated skull as part yeah, of it. We got, so yeah,
1: get, we get the chin right. and the, you know, the point you I mean, yeah. people can look at that picture.
0: It's, I mean, it's you look great. at the Rothschilds and look it's at them. It's pretty obvious. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. You've now, that, you, know. you, you also have humans binding their skulls in antiquity to emulate that, that look, yeah. to create that elongated look. But the thing that you can't do when you do that to your own skull is – uh, create a larger cranium cranium mass, right? So these elongated skulls skulls are significantly bigger than what a human's would be, so Mm. uh, again, I think that's why when you look at Egyptian, which is probably one of the best places to get that sort of look, is whether it's Akhenaten or any of those pharaoh kings, they always wore these big conical caps to hide Mm. that sort of head, and some of the sculptures actually show this large elongated skull. Mm. yeah and yeah. so that was a that no, was they a definitely very look reptilian like you spoke about before when you yeah
2: yeah no, still about today aren't they? So. i mean some of them
1: schools are still well, about today and um yeah one of the one of the it, the, the marked differences between human and and the elongated schools is these i don't know if you've come across it but they've got like two a lot of them have got two pinholes in the back of the skull. Yeah. um real tiny pinholes which is obviously to let some sort of nerve endings come through so they must have had something attached to the back of their head uh, or or the top of their head which was obviously doing a job but we've you know long since lost that you know but um and
0: and and they don't have that suture in the back that we have right exactly yeah. yeah yeah and another thing is is that you see, uh, what's common and more recently you see sort of this red hair that's attached to the, the skulls. Yeah. Um, and, and some will actually be, the uh, bolder ones will have some blonde hair. So again, the description is, is that there is two different sort of, uh, traits to these, these giants. One being, uh, blonde hair and blue eyed mm-hmm. with serpentine look. And then the other one was red hair with hazel or green eyes as like Tuatha-Denon for example yeah. um, So, and that's when when you get sort of this north mythology or the Nazi mythology going back to the Aryans that's the blue eyed blonde haired ones that they're trying mm. to create this new man or new Nephilim concept because they believe in the age of the giants and that's the age that they're trying to recreate through their converted belief system mm. um, there's also a thought that there's also another kind of uh, Nephilim that is a little bit less known but again just as you have the serpent and dragon mythology that is bound to the kingship imageries you know egypt being a classic example where you've got the cobra but it doesn't matter whether it's uh sumerian because the kings were called serpents there, just as the gods were called serpents there and they're described as snakes and you see this whether or not it's Quetzalcoatl and the kings in the Maya, just underlining that the serpent uh, imagery is everywhere you also have a lion Imagery that's closely associated with um, with the royalty and the royal bloodlines, mm. and there's a thought that there was a second kind of nephilim that was uh, a more of a lion sort of look to them, so sort of mm. known as the lion men of mythology. And so, uh, in, and as that you go back into that, there's actually one angel that's called the Lion of God, that's called Ariel. Mm. And then in uh, in the time of David, as he's hunting down the giants, which included Goliath, which was his first one, but after he becomes king, he hunts down all of the other giants that's in, in amongst the Amalekites and in, in amongst the, the Philistines. He runs across the lion men of Mo, which is a rather odd mm. sort of story, and that lion goes back to the Hebrew word Ariel. So I wonder whether or not there was a second type of... Uh, lesser-known uh, Nephilim out there that was more lion ass like and uh, were mighty warriors, as they were known. And there are also these lion men that were in, in Sumerian mythology and a few other mythologies around the world. So it's not an unknown concept, just lesser-known. But the fact that it's part of the royal dynasties and their imageries on their flags and their coat of arms and things like that mm. is uh, – is is. Too much of a coincidence for me to ignore.
1: That's one of the things so, I've always wondered about England, you know, being associated with the the free well, lions. Well, I, I
0: was just
2: thinking is of we, uh, the Disney, never, uh, the Lion yeah. King. Well, yeah, Lion as well. But, You've but, got the Lion King, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. You know exactly. There, but, so it's, it's Disney yeah, but but Why does our you know?
1: royal family associate with these free lions? Because it has the heart. Well, it's it live It's
2: uh, Richard. Uh, yeah, but, well, uh, but why? Are,
1: I mean, we're not. Well, not from Africa, are we? Well, Richard the Lionheart. Yeah, we all are from Africa, I suppose, if you go far enough back. But what I mean is that you know, alleged, you know, like li- there's no lions in the UK. No, kind of no, no, season, no, no, no. So it just seems maybe, a bit strange
2: well, maybe uh, during the Crusades, mm. I mean, they saw right, a lot of animals.
1: It almost feels, uh, from what we're talking about, it almost feels like there's two different races of giants that don't get on at all, and we're almost talking about, um, I don't know if you want to say, a reptilian race of giants, and a, and a more a, a, a alien, you know, like a like a you know, uh, even, or, or primate maybe, race of giants. So we're always oh, talking yeah. about, you know, two distinct, distinct groups that, you know, clearly don't get on. And I think maybe that's... Are we
2: talking about hominids? Yeah.
1: yeah, but we're talking about know, both you know, hominids. We're shape, about hominids but, that but we're, only on the Earth. One looks more distinctly reptilian and one looks more like, you know, yeah. ape-like, if you like. Well, yeah. Absolutely. So I wonder if, if, if that's still going on today and that's probably what, you know, a lot of this
0: upheaval is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and before the flood, and again, in accounts all around the world, you have many different types of beings that are unaccounted for, right? You've mm. got like centaurs, which was another race, right, yeah. uh, and uh, you've got chimera. Chimera was actually had sort of a uh, lion's head and body uh, yeah. to it. In, uh, uh, just, sinus, just right, yeah. as well. Just what's that?
1: Zygnisifilai.
0: I didn't understand that. Sorry. The Zinacufoi. Not familiar with that one. <laughs> no,
1: they were the same. They were. They were um, half. There was like more from India way on, but they was half half human, if you like, and half right. uh, you know canine. Um, right. Okay but, great and, and they, again were, you they get... were they were great sheep herders and all this kind but of I, thing. I
2: mean like you, you got like as Gary said you got you got the centaur, but then you got Minotaur, you know um you got the ma- I believe they was like you know you had a Minotaur who could wait the land as a slave centaur could be sent out in the woods and gather stuff. mermaids as well they, they fascinated me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah! I mean, they could actually be said like so, you know, hey, you can get into a fish, you can yeah. get my supper. This so they could um, go in, the, in the oceans,
1: you know. This use of us as slaves. Then I mean, that I mean we touched on it earlier, but we didn't get yeah, into yeah. detail on that. So Ooh. you know, what 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 do we get a sense
0: of uh, humans being used as slaves by these giants from? Well, again, they consider humans as being uh, inferior, mm. um, and because they, they consider themselves being the direct offspring of the gods. And that, uh, they have an ability to evolve, and that's where this, this reincarnation belief comes from over time, that they can evolve into full-fledged gods. But mm. well, we can. Uh, uh, but humans can't. And that's why, mm. that's why only the ones in the higher levels, the adepts, uh, of the mystical religions or the secret societies get mm. secrets to somehow, uh, reincarnate. And uh, so it is, uh, you know, a, a significant you know sort of piece of their uh, of their belief system. But the real thing is is we're being used as slaves because we're not worthy to know the knowledge. We're not worthy to evolve into gods. And in the end time, they actually believe that if they form a world government and a universal religion, the New Babel, that they're going to have this harmonic convergence where they, who have the spark of the divine um, will be able to evolve into gods en masse, but not humans.
2: Okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe it's the uh, end times. I think it's the end of an age. That's my take on it. Uh, not, not, not it's going to be the end of time. It's just an end of like uh, your Pisces, yeah. and now you've got the time of uh, Aquarius. Um, I think it's end of an age, a, a cycle, if you like. You, you
0: know? well, well, you are correct whether it's a cycle or not. It's the end of the age for sure. It is yeah. called the end time in the Bible as, mm. as a name, but it doesn't mean the world comes to an end. That's the end of an age. Uh, yeah. that's, that's good news. <laughs> it's the end of an age. Well, yeah. It says there, anyway. because after, <laughs> Armageddon, after, after Armageddon there's a thousand-year reign of Jesus and then there's eternity, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so it's called the end times or the last days, but it's not the the end of the world. That's that's a, that's right. a yeah. misnomer, yeah. even though it is called the end of times. And just yeah. as in the other beliefs, that's what you that's what they say. It's it's part of these great cycles and end of an age. Yeah. We just finished the end of uh, of one age, and we're now into Aquarius, Aquarius. Right? which is why yeah. everybody thought uh, the world was coming to an end in two thousand and twelve. But those ages are two thousand three hundred sixty years. So it's like, <laughs> at what point in that age of Aquarius, the, the water bearer that brings the destruction of fire that's going to destroy the earth comes. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, and, that, and that's again coming out of, you know, polytheist beliefs, uh, that I just used for those, those references there. So, mm-hmm. um, but Fair. they do believe that they do want this end time, uh, as we know it from a Christian belief system to harmonize that spark of the divine they would also call that, within the secret societies, the thousand points of light. And they believe there's a marker, whether it's in the blood, which is either, in it just comes out of the Rosicrucian and Nazi real belief, yeah. that there's something in the blood mm-hmm. uh, that denotes them, and or the gene of Isis, where they say the word Genesis comes from, which uh, is been implanted within the this you know, sort of ennobled race and descendants that... Uh, uh will be united to allow them to uh evolve into gods.
1: Mm. So yeah so it's it is hidden within us then. Um, and I mean even scientists nowadays have, have have just released a study the other day saying that there's there's there is unknown hominid uh DNA within our DNA there's mm. a, there could be up to three three other ones in there. Uh, obviously, Neanderthal being one of them, and then you got two others that we're not quite sure about where they fit in. So, there is stuff in our genetics even today that we're unsure about, which you know is, uh, yeah. you know, well, I suppose we're not right massive into the genetics age at the moment, I suppose. But um, yeah, there was something I was going to ask there on closing. What was it? Oh, it's gone right on my head. Oh, I, well, I was going to ask before that. I was just going to ask um. Obviously we don't see giants today. Well, I mean all right, we I think there are some, you know, but right, there uh, are report, know, there maybe. are reports of giants today in you know, like in Alaska or somehow, um Solomon Islands, you know. Mm. But anyway, put that to the side, yeah. We don't get generally we don't get massive giants being reported. Um we get skeletons being dug up occasionally. But yeah. what do what do you think um you know, what do you think the result of that? Do you think these, these beings are hiding or do you think they
0: did actually die out? Well, I think they've uh, blended in, um, okay. And you know, if you if you understand that there was also a lot of hunting going on of the nephilim as well, mm. and that they're not able to reproduce in great numbers, that seems to be sort of part of the mythology. They have to have a lot of wives because they have difficulty in reproducing. Mm. Um, but they also had the kingships, and there were the noble families. So we know that they're surviving. But if there's gets to be a limited number after a while you can't continue to intermarry even though they intermarry as much as they can to keep the bloodlines as pure as they can for their genealogies you develop blood diseases right just as you have all of those blood diseases amongst the royals in europe right
2: Hmm. Um, and you
0: have to bring in some outside blood maybe from fifth cousins or whatever else that's intermarried with humans to Reproduce, you know, keep that the disease out. So over time, I think they're losing their traits with the dilution of those bloodlines. Okay.
1: So, yeah, so, um, now, so
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah but, so as you if you see Akhenaten at 12 to 1400 BC, he's not going to be nearly as serpentine looking as the ones that were a thousand years before, a thousand years before that. Yeah. Right? Can you can imagine what they look like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they slowly come down to our size with the dilution of the bloodlines. The other theory is, is that they have that changeling quality that they inherited from their creators, but mm. there's no proof to that. That's a speculation.
1: Mm, yeah, well, speculation's how uh, it all starts, really, if you're trying to make links
0: between these things. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but at the end of the day, they, they, you know, the royals and the pure bloods, they still keep their genealogies and they believe they descend down from the Nephilim, from the fallen angels, and that they have the divine right to rule. Just as that's what the Stuarts believe, because again, they're yeah. all part, part of these bloodlines, right? Yeah. Interesting on their crest, they actually had the unicorn on their, on their logo, they had a lion and a unicorn. But what's interesting yeah. about that is, is obviously it's King James who the first you know, uh, I think James the sixth of Scotland or James V, who becomes James I of England, right, yeah, yeah. who uh, commissions the writing of the uh, King James Version Bible, no coincidence yeah. with the names there, and there's Freemasons that are all over this on this translation, and all of a sudden this word unicorn pops up many times in the King James Version, no other versions, just okay. the King James Version for the word wild beast right. or wild bull. But all of a sudden you have this divine right to rule kingship dynasty with a unicorn on it.
1: Okay. So you think he was trying to hide <laughs> hide I think no the No, oh, they were
0: just was... they're just encoding they're just encoding their uh, their genealogy and their religion and their belief system in everything that they do. It's there in plain mm-hmm. sight. You just have to see it. Don't yeah. you think it's so
1: fascinating how they have, have maintained that knowledge throughout you know, we're talking about a lot of times past year and that they, they seem to have, you know, managed to keep that knowledge, you know, in-house as such. I think that's, that's fairly amazing. I don't know, you
0: know. It, it, well, it's a credit to the discipline of the mystery schools that were passing it down and then the secret societies that are formed thereafter. And of course the James, uh, or the Stuart dynasties is intricately related with the Sinclairs and the creation of yeah. uh, Freemasonry, Ooh, right? Mm, and yeah. Freemasonry comes to England with King James, and the and the Royal Society is uh, created 60 years later um, yeah. the, through uh, another Stuart King in about 1660, right? And it's created from Freemasons and Rosicrucians. So, mm. I mean, all of this stuff is is is
2: connected. Yeah, and no, I think you also go to... Uh... Who has the power to make a king or queen, which is the Vatican mm. you know they, yeah. they, have, they 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 crown the king or queen yeah. or whatever you know so uh yeah, they have the last say i, I suppose so, you know do you think um i mean obviously you're coming from a Christian standpoint which mm. is
1: uh it's kind of like an oxymoron against a lot of this so you know it's like um it almost feels like this this was this religion was put in place to to um keep us from this this knowledge um
2: but obviously
1: yeah but obviously what you what you what you are saying it's uh, it's encoded in there as well so it's a 50-50 sort of thing i mean where do you yeah, stand it, on it that yeah
0: they seem to they seem to have this position where they have to um, say what they're going to do all the mm. time and and but they also believe we're pretty stupid so, yeah, yeah. they believe they can, they can encode it in all the entertainment and all the literature into the history and we're too stupid to, to realize what they're talking about. And in mm. a lot of, in a lot of ways, uh, they've kind of proven themselves right on that.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Just yeah. with the internet coming out now, <laughs> I mean, you just have down the street now and yeah. look I think at signs actually, and stuff and yeah. it's, it's actually
1: in your face. It is in your face, but I think the internet it's actually enabled people to, um to uh, fathom a lot of this out for themselves. No, I think um, a lot of people are waking up now. Yeah, not, I think it was, many, easy, well, it was in books, and there was only certain people mm. that were reading books and all the rest of it. Then, mm. then it was easier to control. But I think now, and obviously a lot of people went to the church and they got most their enlightenment, is it were, from <laughs> one person, didn't they? But now, yeah. by the, by the, you know, the, the age of the... Um, uh, the internet. I think people can jump on there, and I don't know there's a lot, there's a lot of shit on the internet. Let's let's be frank. But 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 there's a lot uh, of trolls. But there's a lot of stuff on there which makes a lot of sense, and obviously, uh, goes to your way of thinking. So I suppose, really, then on closing is where where does this leave us? You know, what what do you? I know you talked about prophecy, you know, uh, writing a book of prophecy. So where do you where do you see this go um,
0: going? Sure. So just as I said uh, that. Uh, if you look at the different religions and legends and mythologies around the world, is they're telling the same story about prehistory and history, as what the Bible talks about, but just through a different lens and through the lens of polytheism. Then what they're doing today and what they plan to do is the same story that's written in the Bible. Which is? Which is to... Re establish, uh, and we didn't get into the similarities in, in the show, but to re establish just as Royal Francis, or Francis Royal Francis, just as Francis Bacon, the inspirational founder of the Royal Society, mm-hmm. um, wrote uh, the New Atlantis. They want to re establish a New Atlantis. And in this New Atlantis, you have this religion, which is uh, Gnosticism, Theosophy, New Age, as it spawns sort of new names uh, in the West. Is was developed as a bridge to harmonize religion and science for the end time, mm. and so that's going to be the end time religion that comes comes together. And so they're trying to recreate the New Atlantis. And for what most people may not understand is, as it's written about in Plato and Timaeus and Critias, is that Atlantis had ten parts to it. So Poseidon goes to climbing a human female creates ten or five Titan Nephilim twins to rule over his ten nation empire and it's trying to take over the whole world and it's known in that time as the Golden Age and the helm of world government. So this is the New Atlantis that they're trying to set up in the end time um, or the New age of Aquarius as, as a lot of people like to refer to it as and just as it's written in both Daniel and Revelation, there is going to be a ten-nation empire that I referred to uh, that is going to form world government that works with this universal religion to bring about the end time. And what's also interesting to note that is one of the groups that was created in the '60s to that reports to the Rosicrucians. Its goal uh, was was to create this this world empire and map it out. And that, group is called the Club of Rome amongst the many webs Ooh. of secret societies, mm, and weird. it divided the world up into 10 trading blocks, 10 groups of nations, 10 spheres of influence, whatever you want to call them that they want the world to be governed by that will send one representative to the, the official world government. So mm. what what are they trying to do? What are they planning today? Everything that's written about in the Bible, but depending on what your belief system is, is what's going to happen in that end time and who's going to win.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think that's interesting. All the roads to me. lead
2: to Rome. Yeah, yeah that's true. But
1: mm. I, th- I think um, you know, even when they um, joined together the um, European uh, market. Which
2: you know common market which we got there out, of basically yeah, yeah, jumped yeah. out of. But yeah.
1: but even when they set that up, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the initial treaty was called the Treaty of Rome there as well.
0: So, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You and, know. and I always so, thought so. that the rope that the European Empire was going to split into two, anyways, and that mm. England was not necessarily going to be part of the the end look. to It actually may be part of. You know, a North American group, or it may partner up with France. But I think Germany's going to be the dominant one of the Eastern oh, European yeah. group of nations, and then there's going to be a Western European nations as you divide the world up into ten. But I'm not privy to what they, how exactly they divided up the world, so. <laughs> mm,
1: no, 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 that's fair enough. But I mean, that, that, that looks like what's happening at the moment, doesn't it? If you were, you know,
2: if you just listen and I against mm. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, see, it's all happening now. The Vatican is the kingpin. That's it. Yeah,
0: and, and, and now you see it's the, the Vatican you see the Vatican it also works with it, and they've got a Jesuit as a um, yeah. Pope there the right? Pope and he's uh, yeah, the Black the... Pope as
2: Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, have you seen their new building there, uh, Gary? No, I haven't. Well, you know, <laughs> this is quite a thing. Yeah, it's a new building they made in the Vatican it's, uh, it absolutely looks like a, a reptilian you know, it's got, uh, it's, it's like a uh, what do you call it? A um, um, uh, a theater, you know, a big theater where yeah, everybody goes and when the puppets down. It's in the shape of a reptilian face. So
0: the same. Yeah, yeah you want. Oh, to check well, out? I, I think I've I think I've seen that image on the internet. I just didn't know where it was. So it's yeah, got like yeah. the scales and the eyes yeah, and, yeah. The and the fans. circular. Yeah, and the fan, yeah, yeah There you go. I've yeah, that, that. that's the building from. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually wild. built in the Vatican itself. Well, it makes sense. Good. They also have a telescope there that they call Lucifer. Yeah, they they're, well, the telescope <laughs> there, you know. <laughs> and uh, you've got uh, so he's the black pope and the anti-pope, and an anti-pope yeah. can also mean replacement pope because he replaced uh, Benedict. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people think he's the false prophet uh, or mm-hmm. antichrist. I don't. I think he's just, he may be the last pope, yeah. uh, or there may be another one, depending on how you want to interpret uh, Malachi's prophecies of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. But he certainly, you know, the black pope is in the Vatican because that's the leader of the Jesuits. And it's usually, you know, so you've got a black pope that's now a black and a white pope in the, in the Vatican. And he's mm-hmm. working to harmonize religions, and he's mm-hmm. working and getting more political and working on the environmental things as well to sort of bring along this this uh, globalization, as what they like to call it today. Mm. And I think he's just fulfilling that sort of part of it. And, of course, the Jesuits are one of the organizations that are created after the fall of the Templars. The Jesuits are designed to destroy the christian church from within and to prepare it for the end time and to get control of the education because again they interpret the bible the jesuits do as from their creation uh, through the lens of philosophy and the seven sacred sciences so you have gnosticism being mold through the jesuits um, and again, they were set up in about the 1500s as one of the replacements to decentralize how much power the, uh, the Templars had just as you've got the Rosicrucians being set up as another aspect of it the Sinclair setting up Freemasonry in England as another aspect of it, Royal Society being another aspect of it, Illuminati being um, again uh, designed from uh, one other aspect of it, and the Rothschild setting up the banking arm, all to replace what the Templars were doing, mm-hmm. but to make sure that the fall of one organization wouldn't sort of, you know, destroy the whole operation again.
1: Yeah, so they all had the like the 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 um, the Rothschilds with a banking arm, which the just so with yeah, like, the military arm. Yeah,
0: the military arm. They all had a they all had a, yeah.
1: a job to fulfill
0: sort of thing, and still do. yeah, and, you know the free. Yeah, and the Freemasons, you know, they focused on uh, the political aspect of it. That's why they're so dominant in, in politics, and uh, also the uh, military aspect. Um, and uh, later on, um, they took over the media aspect of it as well. But they all have their own. Oh, truly. They all have their own specific goals and agendas, and are all working towards the same end. The you know, same goal, yeah. Yeah, and the I'm Templar not, and the temper ideology was to have this one world government with this one world religion as well. Mm.
2: Well, you get the politicians, you know, many many years ago saying, "Oh, new world order, new world order." Where was this coming from? You know, mm. from every politician. Yeah. You know, but, but it don't you seems do to want, be you uh, do Don't seem to it's be going yeah, so well world
0: order at the moment, does it? But but yeah. this is probably I, I like,
1: orchestrated. I like that.
0: I like to refer to the uh, New World Order as the NWO only as the uh, Nephilim World Order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a
2: good one. I'll use that one. Okay, I'm going to get a t-shirt with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah on. Just on the back there, we... Okay. Yeah, well, that's definitely... Yeah. I don't think they'll come off. I don't think whatever plans they got, I don't think it, it'll, it'll ever uh, well,
0: they're, no, they're never so. going. they're never going to stop. But, again, from a Christian's perspective, we know why... Even though they're trying and they're pushing harder and harder and Mm. harder and their activities are, 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 uh, way more active now than what we've ever seen it. We know from a Christian perspective that until the restrainer is removed, the end time can't happen. Mm. So they're going to continue to work. They'll bring on this, this rendezvous with destiny, this, this battle with the, with, with the, uh, the God of the Bible, uh, at a time uh of their choosing if they if they were permitted but they will accept the ordained times as well cuz they want this showdown mm.
1: i suppose playing the devil's ab- advocate here, do you, do you think that um, obviously people see this new world order and you know this uh, as a almost a bad thing but but do you think that you know one community one religion and all this stuff Against an you know an alien invasion, and I think you know we've heard this something said, but do you think um, that would almost make sense? Do you think that's what the end goal is—protection from an outside influence—or?
0: Well, again, depending on how you want to look at what an alien is, and how Mm. high of a being you want, I do believe the alien Mm. concept that that is so prevalent today is part of the end time sort of environment and or the end time deception. and if you look at the entertainment that they put out on aliens is is Mm. what happens when we find out we're no longer alone in the universe well we form we form we either get attacked or we form world government (laughs) right either way we form a world government and typically in these genres you have a good force and an evil force just Mm. as in star wars you have you know the good force and the, and and the, and the and the and the bad force and the rebels guys, are fighting you and you and, yeah. for their freedom against this authoritative dark force right of the empire yeah. And all they're doing is is telling us what's going to happen, is, is that we're going to be told we're not alone in, alone in the universe, and that if we want our freedom, we're going to have to fight for our freedom in the end time against this mm. evil empire whom they refer to in the secret societies as the god of the Bible. So mm. that's just like Star Wars is just another sort of allegory oh, yeah. for what's going to happen in the end time. And if you notice, the religion of the rebels which are the good guys, um, you know, it's basically Eastern mysticism, which is the same religion as Gnosticism. Mm. Yeah, I,
1: don't know. I think it's uh, it's fascinating isn't it, when you get into it, and you you you, you do wonder where, all, you know, if you start pulling at these threads, where they're going to lead, but um, well. yeah, you could go on for days, couldn't you, looking at each individual strand, I suppose. But, um, oh it's
0: it's a, it's a rabbit hole that <laughs> it's hard to yeah. get out of once you go down it but um, but I, there is a consistency to the to the messages and the things that, that they're talking about and mm. so uh, I do believe that uh, aliens are, are going to be part of the end time and uh, also believe that you know aliens are also can be found in um, times before our modern understanding of what aliens are, and the fairy mythos is is oh, an ex- excellent yeah. example, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, and you know that in the in, in the fairy mythos that there's probably you know four different kinds of, of fairies, um, yeah. ones that come from other planets and procreated uh, on the earth with uh, other beings, and they also have these little people right the elementals and in those three there's three groups of elementals and in the gnome classification you've got the gray fairies as what they're known as the gray neighbors in scotland but they're known as grays around the world they have flying machines and they kidnap people and they come through shaves or portals uh, and i actually put one of those descriptions in my book and if you didn't know i was talking about a fairy abduction you'd think it would be a gray alien abduction
1: absolutely and if you've seen the uh if you've seen the pictures of them as well you you, you wouldn't uh you wouldn't know any difference between a fairy and a gray because they look exactly the same which they are uh, yeah again you know he's uh you know it makes you wonder i mean there's there is like um there is a link between all this you know it just keeps repeating itself so it makes you wonder
0: yeah and uh the interesting thing is, is and, and just to plug my buck a little bit, is I'll connect all of those dots. For people yeah, yeah, which they, is a great. Yeah, which is yeah. a great
1: thing, yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, um, I think we've covered all the bases. I don't think we've left anything out, really. I mean, we've gone from the beginning of this to the where we are now and what
2: could potentially happen. So uh, I don't think uh, my, my take on it is that it's, it'll go on for a little longer. It will go on for a little longer, but uh, I don't think they'll get their own way. No. Otherwise, I think it uh, it would have happened years ago. You know, I, I, no, I think there's going to be a twist in the tale. That's that's uh, some that's my. Uh,
0: there's always about. twists. There's always twists in the tail, and uh, again, uh, you know, prophecy is not fulfilled in the way that people think it's fulfilled, and it That's always right. catches yeah. people off guard. Mm. And so, uh, there are going to be things that are going to surprise everybody, and Christians in particular. Mm. And uh, it's why that uh, you know I'm trying to get you know information out there so that people can better understand yeah. the language and what's going on, and not to be caught off guard because. What we're told is is that even the elect are going to be deceived if that were possible, and yeah, apparently right. it will that be. Is, that I, is, think I think
2: that's definitely possible. Well, no, they, they <laughs> sold <sort of laughs> us down. It.
1: By the few that we've got in charge now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they sold <sort> of <laughs> us down
2: the river years ago. You know, yeah. they've been de- yeah. they've been deceived for oof, but, um, forty, fifty, sixty years, maybe. Uh, thinking what <laughs> I, my, my take on it is, um, they thought that these aliens was from another planet. Aliens, I don't think. I think they've been conned. Mm. You know, I think from the oh, no, there. I, think, thing that, I, think, I, no, I think
1: I think they're fully aware, but they, like uh, Gary was saying, I think they're using the alien mythos as, as a you know a way to con- as a tool. Yeah, yeah, as, as a way to control people into force them into one way of thinking.
2: Well, you've got uh, what you have got on television now:
1: fear porn, fear, fear, terrorists,
2: all, You've got all this all the time now. You know, yeah. some people yep. don't even want to go outside the door. You know, because it's fear, which lowers yep. the frequency. You know, <laughs> and it's fear, and it's fear, and it's fear, and people, you know, it's it's horrible what's happening now.
0: But mm. you know, it's well, just, it's like, yeah, they're using everything out of fear absolutely. to drive people into yep. a direction that they want to go. Yeah, exactly. um, and it's uh it's way overused, but it but it does seem to be working that uh, people mm. are going to say, just as it happened at Babel, which is why. In, in the Bible it's called, you know, the be- the Babel religion of the end time is is that they they came together for fear of being wiped from the face of the earth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's exactly what was being you know, that is that is the well, United Nations, Nations isn't it that is exactly well, they're just that's ma- the manager right there, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So a... uh, and,
0: and globalization is gonna continually be, be presented as the answer to all of our problems. Whether it's oh, yeah, environmental yeah, yeah, yeah. or war or aliens or you name it, it's always going to be the answer to uh, to live in peace.
2: I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I mean, look at that transmission years ago it was Orson wells on the uh, yeah that one, and how many people mm-hmm. freaked out? It's, it's quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> you know, it's quite a lot. You know, people mm-hmm. thought it was real. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh yeah, we uh-huh. didn't
1: have much to go on then, but yeah, that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, okay. so I mean, like I say, we've covered covered pretty much everything I wanted to get covered there, and uh, your uh, knowledge of the uh, of
0: these things is uh,
2: awesome. Second awesome, to build, Gary. So I
0: think I just yeah, to, and, uh, go and we we did a quick sort of skim to today, but I mean, in any one of these things that we've talked about, you know, you could talk for for an hour on yeah. these oh, subjects with yeah. the just, information just that's out the, uh, there. So.
1: Just tell people how many pages are in
0: your book. Uh, in the book it's uh, eight, just over 800 pages. There's over 120 pages of endnotes in there because I, I wanted to let my sources speak for themselves and, uh, let people know where they can go find the information and check the veracity of it as well. So actually, it was, uh, when I first, uh, put it together, it was closer to, you know, over 1100 pages, but I weeded it down to I try and that, get yeah. it published, right? Because yeah. believe me, the rabbit hole is, is so deep, you yeah. can write yeah. forever on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it, it is a long book. There's uh, almost 100 chapters, but each chapter is written uh, about six to seven pages long, and a story and a story that leads into another chapter that will keep coming up as the book unfolds. So you don't have to read it all at once, and you can't because there's so much information in there. You're going to have to, if you decide to read it, you're going to have to read it as you can digest the information.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm absolutely fantastic so
0: uh well
1: thank you very much thank you gary uh, it's been a pleasure absolutely yeah and um you know watch this space and see what happens eh <laughs>
0: absolutely so thank you for having me and hopefully uh some of the things we've talked about uh, will raise some curiosity amongst the audience to maybe go search uh it out for themselves a little more oh for sure yeah